0: Hello and welcome to 88.9 FM Impact Sports here in the basement of Holden Halls. This is actually the first show of Behind the Mask. Um, Glad to be a part of it. Glad to get the ball rolling. Behind the Mask covers all Michigan State University hockey teams, if you may. Uh, D1 men's, D1 and D2 women's, along with field hockey as well. I know it's not on the ice, but it still is considered hockey. And on the first show, my guest, Lou DiVizio. How are you doing, Lou? Good. How are you doing, David? I am doing fantastic. The winter season is pretty much in full swing. It's no-shave November. The locks of love are popping out. The mustache is growing. That's right. It's going good. All right, so for a quick recap for those, I also cover the D1 women's hockey team here on campus. It is a club sport, but if you haven't gone out to see these girls skate, you are truly missing out. 2011, they won a national championship, believe it or not. Uh, Last year, they were underdogs, but they won the CCWHA, which is their league championship. And this year, this year, starting off on one heck of a foot, they are 9-0-1 through 10 games. They tied their first game 0-0 and then have been on a winning streak ever since. This team is legit. They got two goalies. And both of them have an under-1 goals against average, which is extremely impressive. The team as a whole has only let in three goals all season. And uh, I've been to my share of games at Munna Arena. I haven't been able to travel with the team yet. But but these girls can play. They dominate the competition night in and night out, uh, generating over 40 shots and even over 50 shots in the games that I've been to. And, and defensively, they are pretty much unstoppable. They haven't had a real test yet this season, but the girls are rolling, and they continue to. Um, this past weekend, they actually swept the competition, and on Saturday no Sunday, they had an 11 a.m. 11 a. game. And senior captain Stacy Burlingame played in her final games here at Munn Ice Arena in a Spartan uniform. Of course, Stacy is a communications major, looking into get into the sports business, uh, doing public relations and stuff like that. When I talked to her, uh, she's excited to move on, but also she's going to miss the girls. She said that she would love to be around Munn Monterey- you know, in in the near future, and still give back to the team. But uh, her games at Montere- at Mun Ice Arena are done. Uh, she has two more games left before she graduates, and that is actually next weekend against Michigan. So Michigan State's biggest rival. Hopefully can end on a high note, but good luck to the rest of the team, and for the rest of the season right now, the ball is really rolling for this Spartans team 9-0-1, like I said before, really haven't had a huge challenge, but they've been dominating the competition night in and night out. But to move on to the bigger sports, we're going to go into D1 men's hockey, and I'm alongside with Lou Divizio, and we've been going to the games. I've been up in the press box, obviously writing stories. After the game, we're in the locker room. We get to see what it's about, we get to talk to these players. We get to hear what Anastas says. We go to press conferences, you know, Give, we get to hear what he thought about his team over the weekends. And you know, you and me covered the American International series, which was two weekends ago, correct? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The American International Yellow Jackets decided to buzz their way into East Lansing. Uh, Friday, me and Lou didn't catch the game, but our director of sports here at Impact Sports, Alex Shard, covered it. 5 4 victory for the Spartans. Um, it seems like it was close, but the Spartans really had a big lead. In Friday night's game, and the Yellow Jackets kind of came back in the game scoring late goals. It was technically 5-3, and then they scored a fourth goal with the dying seconds of the game. But on Saturday, you and me got to see, in my own opinion, what this Spartan team can really do when they're clicking. They won 4 nothing, shut out the Yellow Jackets, got some great offensive productivity from the young the young players... That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, Mackenzie McEacherin put in his second and third goal this season. He's been playing with Thomas Ebbing, a guy he's, he's known his entire life. I say he's known him for 19 years, so, you know, Anastas has put them two together. Hasn't even split them up. And, you know, everything's going good for them so far. They played Will Yannikaf on Saturday, Hildebrand on Friday. I mean, we did our first stand-up on the bench. It was nice. Yeah, it was fun. So, I mean, after you see what they did with the Yellow Jackets... Can you give us a fair assessment of this team so far, Lou? Uh, I think, you know, the team's doing all right.
1: They had a really rough weekend this past weekend. We'll get into that in a second. But the American International Series, that first game, 5-4, I mean, you score five goals, you're always happy with that. And even though you said they were leading 5-3 late, and, you know, that's kind of what the game was, no, no coach, no team likes to give up those late goals. You have to play that full 60 minutes. You can't have any letdowns, even if it is in the last minute. Uh, because that can come back to bite you if you don't have a two-goal lead. So um, you can't ever rest on your laurels, and I think they might have done that a little bit, but obviously on that Saturday game they turned it around. Um, Yennekeff played well, got the shutout. He wasn't really tested that much, though. I think, what, what was that, under 20 shots or just over?
0: Yeah, under under 20 shots, but... Positionally, though, when they did have an open guy to, to really get a quality shot on net, you know, he seemed to come out, really test the shot, and be square with all his angles.
1: Yeah, and that, you can do that as a goaltender when you feel confident in the team in front of you. And I think if the team plays that way, they're going to have success. But, you know, obviously they went into a rough patch this, this weekend. Their young players played well in that American International Series, though. Uh, like you said earlier. Uh, McEachern, Ebbing, uh, Ferentino, most of their team it's a pretty young squad I mean you look at it I'm looking at their depth chart right now down the metal uh, Lee Reimers the senior on, at center uh, coach Anastas said he doesn't like to give uh, label first second third fourth line but if you look at it he's the senior slotted right here in the first line Along with Greg Wolf, of course, the captain. Another senior, yeah. But then down the middle, they got a freshman, a sophomore, and a junior. And on the wings, you got McKeckern, freshman; Stenglin, freshman; Hag, freshman; Cox, freshman. I mean, these are young kids. Keller, sophomore. So I think the inconsistency is showing, but uh, once they get clicking, I think I think that they can do all
0: right. Uh, me too. I I totally agree, and. And from what I've seen from these young guys is they were brought into this program. Um, Some of them are goal scorers. William Hag, great shot. He's got, he's got a, quite the wrist,er if, if I if I may add. McEachran said he he's one of those dig deep guys. You know, bury in front of the net. What really wants to plant himself in front of that goaltender, give him troubles out front. Which I mean, he is a big he is a big kid for being a freshman. Yeah. But but what I've seen with this freshman class and, and these younger guys. Is the speed that they bring to the table, the the speed that they have on the ice is is I, th- is what I think sets them apart from other players in college hockey, mm-hmm. and like you said, it's all about getting in a groove and and I know Anastas he says it day in and day out and he doesn't like to but it is it's all about experience and these guys haven't been in games you know like this is, a few of them this is their first season first time getting the real action in the real speed of the game right. But my thing is, is how how long can can you use that? I'm not saying it's an excuse, but how long can you go saying that? You know, it's it's all right. about. Right, yeah, I think you're
1: absolutely right. I mean, it's it's true, but if you're ever going to get better, you can't accept that as a reason why you're losing. You know, you got to build further than that. So, uh, I'd say, I don't know. I think by the middle point of the season, if they haven't found some sort of consistency, then they really start to need to assess themselves. And I think Anastas knows that. And I think after this series uh, that they dropped uh, out of Michigan Tech, I think I think they're really starting to realize that they need to figure things out. I mean, they're not happy with the way that they played in that series. And that's a good thing. You know, you got to hold yourself accountable. But at the same time, you can't be hard on too hard on yourself or else and wallow in your losses. Against a decent Michigan Tech team, they had a Pretty poor record coming in, but everybody knows that they're better than the 6-1 and one record. Or 1-6, yeah. and six, rather.
0: And we got to look at who Michigan Tech played in the first part of the season. Right,
1: Michigan, number two ranked in the NCAA.
0: Uh... Played Notre Dame twice. They played St. Cloud, I believe, yep. twice. But, I mean, they had six losses, but if you look at it, four of those were one-goal games. Right,
1: so they were foaming at the mouth to have a you know, rough around the edges, young MSU team come up to Houghton for the first time since the 80s, and they took advantage of it. They played hard, and they uh, they beat the Spartans 3-0, shut out in their first game, and then 3-2 in overtime the next game. So, I mean, Michigan State, they just, like I said, they need to find some sort of consistency.
0: Yeah, and and it might be tough to do, though, because Anastas press conference you know, we saw some lineup changes from Friday to Saturday night's game, mm-hmm. and, you know, from the Michigan Tech series.
1: Yeah, I but can he, pull those up right now if you like.
0: Yeah, um, I believe uh, Brent Darnell and I can't think of the other person sat out on Saturday night. Uh, Bondra came into the lineup. Um, Darnell didn't start Friday either. He didn't? No. He it was, wasn't uh, playing with McEacher? No. He didn't oh, play? I'm
1: sorry, I'm sorry. So he did? Yep, he did. Darnell okay. was in the first game, and they took him out. The second game. The second game. Put in uh, DeBlau. DeBlau DeBau. addressed, and Sorensen got moved
0: up. Okay, and then Bondra also played as well. Oh, Sorensen was scratched. I'm sorry, Stengling got moved up. Stengling got moved up, and Bondra essentially took Darnell's spot. Is that correct?
1: Uh, Bondra moved into the third line with Ferentino and Cox. Stanglin got moved up with Ebbing and McKechern. Okay. And DeBlau got moved into Sorensen's spot. So Sorenston was scratched and Darnell was scratched.
0: And I and I think that was a good move by Tom Anastas. Obviously, three to one after the first game, something wasn't right. Yeah, you gotta you, shake it up. You gotta y- exactly. You gotta shake it up. You gotta change the lineup. You you really gotta spice things up. And and what Anastas has been saying, you know, week after week in these press conferences, is that no spot in this lineup is, you know, it's not set. You know, right. every It's not
1: safe. You you can't like I said earlier, you can't rest on your laurels. You gotta be competing every time. And that's what breeds good hockey is competition for roster spots. And I do I, I do believe that. And uh it's not it shouldn't be shocking. You shouldn't lose confidence if you have a bad shift knowing that, oh man, oh I had a bad shift. I can't what if I fail? I'm not gonna be in the lineup next game. It shouldn't be like that. It should be you know, I only have two shifts. I better make the most of these shifts. And that's what uh, they're trying to bring out of these guys. And, yeah, it, it, it hasn't worked so far, but I think later down the line it will.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think it, speak, it speaks volumes, too, that no one can assume that these roster spots are finalized because we take a guy like Brent Darnell. He's a junior on this team. Yeah, he was third-leading scorer last year. Third-leading scorer, and he's been scratched. A healthy scratch. So it it just shows that the com- the competitive level of these guys night in and night out it, it's changing. I th- I think the only guy who's played every single game is Wolf and Reimer up front, maybe Keller as well. But I mean defense the sure, defense yeah. they're pretty much, you know, they're set on defense because of injury and Drager's out. Um and let's talk about that. You know, John Drager's out. He's a sophomore, he logged in a lot of minutes last year, got on the ice. Matt Barry, leading goal scorer last year for the Spartans. Yeah, it's really huge not having Barry. Yeah, I mean it's tough, because the, there's really no one that has like a spark. You know, every t- every team has that, you know. Not I wouldn't say showboat player, but a, a player that's finesse, that's good, that consistently. Yeah, the big name guy. The, the big guy name guy. Can... It, it's kind of like having a Datsuk, or or what I like to compare it to is is the Devils, is when they have Kovalchuk. Koval, Kovalchuk's their sniper. They can. You know, almost count on him a goal a game. Matt Barry is that type of guy. Um, you know, right now Greg. He's the
1: guy you look to on the end of the bench when you need something. He's the guy when it's three to two or two to two in overtime. He's the guy who can go out there and bury it for you, or at least put in a good shift to help it out because he's he's the main offensive spark plug. So I know what you mean there. Yeah, I, I he's missed hugely in this lineup, and that hurts the team confidence. I think because you know there aren't really any. There aren't really any goal scorers that have really made a name for themselves yet. McKeckern's kind of coming out, but he's a freshman, you know. And you so can't, you can't really
0: put too much on his shoulders.
1: No, and that's what Barry, the junior, that's what he is. Last year, he had uh, 41 games played, 15 assists, 15 goals rather, 16 assists, 31 points uh, on a team that really did not do well last year. Oh Michigan no, they State struggled hard. A bad team last year. They and Barry, those are those aren't top statistics in the NCAA by any means, but. Those are good stats.
0: Especially for a team last year that really could not find the back of the net. No, not at all. Night in and night out last year, they struggled. Um, And we talk about consistency in the lineup and and playing together with different guys, but consistency with winning games as well. Last year, they won back-to-back games one time. Yeah. one time, two games in a row, that's it. Well, we've already eclipsed that this year, thankfully. yeah, exactly. so it, it's nice that we're seeing progress, but like last year they're like, oh yeah, we progressed at the end of the season. we you know we thought that things were finally getting together. well, you know, it was towards the end of the season, you know like if it was in the middle of the season or the beginning of the season, yeah, that would have been nice to build off of, but at the beginning of this season, we already got a three game win streak. Yep. And that quickly got snapped by Michigan Tech this past weekend. Right, and
1: I don't think we should dwell on the Michigan Tech series too much. I mean, it's it was disappointing, and Asta said that in his press conference numerous times.
0: Yeah, he was not that exact happy. exact
1: word, disappointing. And he said the team felt the same way as they should, um, but you, I don't think you can dwell on it. You got the two-week break, uh, and they got to get back into their mental game here before... They face Western, home and home against Western. Uh, Western's a pretty good team. They came out last year, had one of the best years in school history. So that's going to be tough. I mean, all these games are going to be tough. I mean, as you saw, against Michigan Tech, 1-6. Tough series, got swept. So you can't look at a team's record or a team's pedigree and uh, think little of them. Not what not the team Michigan State has. They don't have enough a good enough team to this point to think less of any other opponent.
0: Yeah. And in moving forward, I, we did talk about the Michigan tech weekend. We, we kind of want to as host and, you know, hockey analysts and hockey fans and hockey players of ourselves. We, we don't want to dwell on this as well because, you know, it really was a tough weekend for the Spartans. Um, a said, you know, travel was great. He said that, you know, it's been the first time they've traveled up there since the eighties. He said, it's going to be a very hostile environment. Um, Talked about how this is, you know, basically their opening weekend for home at home for Michigan Tech, and boy, did it was wild. Michigan Tech came out, shut them out the first night, and and, and that's pretty much embarrassing. Uh, Saturday night, like Anasta said in the press conference, he said it was nice to see the goals, but he still wasn't impressed with his team's play whatsoever. Right, and, and like you said, he said it was disappointing. And as a coach, and as a fan, you don't want to hear that. But he also said that, you know, this. Was good for his players to experience something like this, so that they now know going into future games and in future travels that you know there's no reason not to know what like the the environment is like.
1: Right, and uh, you know Western had that bad taste in their mouth after that one and six start, and they felt that they had a much better team than their record led anyone to believe. And I think that MSU needs to get that same bad taste in their mouth over this weekend. I think. As a coach, Anastas needs to preach that. He needs to preach through these two weeks, you know. We're sitting here through these two weeks feeling terrible about ourselves. And don't dwell on that, but know that I, I don't want to have a two, late, two weeks like this ever again. And we can make the most of it against Western.
0: Yeah, and they host Western on November 22nd here in East Lansing at Munn Ice Arena. Puck is set to drop at 7 p.m. and then... The following day, the twenty-third, they are traveling to Kalamazoo to play Western at their home rank. Puck set to drop at seven oh five p.m. And then let's let's break down the rest of the sa- schedule. They have five more games before they uh, are attending the GLI, which of course this year is outdoors. That'll be fun. At, at Comerica Park, which is going to be great. I think. Yeah. I think that when when you have an event like that and it's outdoors, you know it's exciting for not only the fans. Or the in the coaches, but also the players. You know, this is a once in a lifetime chance, absolutely, an I opportunity mean, to play outside at Comerica Park in in front of thousands of people at that.
1: And I think I think the fact maybe I mean, tell me if you don't agree, but I think maybe the fact that Detroit, the Tigers, have been doing so well, it kind of it makes it a little bit more of a magical feeling in that ballpark. You know, because it's a it's a ballpark of not quite champions. I wish I could say that, but yeah. <laughs> it's a ballpark of. Uh, Success. Yeah, we'll go with success. <laughs> yeah, I, I could. I think you could call it a successful bar, ballpark, and to be able to play in that, you want to be that team. You want to be the team that comes out of there with the victory. And I think the GLI will be a good thing for every Michigan team, but hopefully for Michigan State more so.
0: Yeah, and and I'm really hoping that we can stand out against Michigan Tech. Michigan, who also is having a fantastic season right now.
1: Right. Uh, They are ranked number two right now, as I take a look here at the NCAA standings. Two. They're number two to Minnesota. Two Big Ten teams now. Big Ten, just uh, this is the inaugural season, obviously. Um, Michigan... And Minnesota have the same record, so technically they're tied. They sit one and two on the top of the NCAA, six and one, six one and one for both of them. Uh, and so we play Minnesota. When is it? After Princeton. After Princeton. December sixth, December seventh, at home. At so home. So that's going to be a big test.
0: It, it is going to be a real big test. This Minnesota team had, you know, obviously they're still number one in the country. They were ranked that at the beginning of the season. So obviously they've held their own right. home and away and with playing consistently. And here's the thing, we played Minnesota last year, got smoked, 6-1, and 7-1. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how this Spartans team handles a team like Minnesota, which I think is almost returning the exact same roster. So it's not that anything's going to be different as far as players go. <sighs> when Minnesota comes to travel to East Lansing. But yes, it, honestly I think that is going to be the eye opener of the season.
1: I think so, but as you said they lost 6-1 7-1 last year to that team. They played some they opened their season MSU did against some difficult teams, Massachusetts, two games, UMass Lowell and Boston University. They won 3 to 1 against BU, which I never thought was going to happen. Oh. I looked at the schedule and you and me were talking about this before the start of the season, I remember. Yeah. Uh, before the green and white game. And that was just in early October, and we thought, you know, they're going to start 0-4 quick. And
0: yeah. I think that Boston University game really sparked and, and really showed that... They can it, play with they, those big they teams. They can play with those guys. I honestly had no idea that it was going to happen. And in no. that Boston series, it was the UMass game... It, you know, they they came out really, really strong in the first period, and then they let up that late goal. It happened against UMass Lowell, and then the next night it happened against Boston. Mm-hmm. They basically had all the momentum going into the second period, except for they let up a late goal. And, you know, sometimes when that happens at the end of the period, especially at home, you know, it it can really put a damper on your players you know, trying to, you know, regain that groove. And, you know, it was one nothing the entire game, and then you know, funny bounces happen, they tie the game, the crowd's right back into it, and then what do you know, another goal happens, and it's 2-1 Spartans against a Boston University team who... Year in, go year all out, the way one of the year. best, yeah. One of the best, yeah. I mean, they're known for hockey, they got a lot of great players on their team, uh, seen in the NCAA tournament year in and year out, so it was nice to see that win early on the season, so I, I think it's nice that we, we got to see, you know, you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, it's how you play the game. And that, I think home, and, at home, it's it's important. You know, home, ice, advantage. Yeah, that's it. Is that, <laughs> you know, those two teams, I would never have guessed BU would lose to the Spartans. I no. I would have put money on that game and I would have lost.
1: Absolutely. And So, I don't think that you can, I mean, Minnesota...
0: I, don't I mean they think are number... in
1: their right mind would put MSU money on MSU still despite what we're saying but I, I mean at the same time you can't count them out so they play Princeton
0: I really don't play, know what Princeton's like I don't I don't,
1: I don't either but I, I feel like they're in an Ivy League, <laughs> an Ivy League schedule. Let me look up their stats but we'll talk about something else before that Minnesota 6 and 1 Ferris State is seven and 2
0: Yeah which is Ferris State last they're year a good team. was Ferris State last year was a little shaky kind of like the Spartans but you know, I guess off season really paid off for those Bulldogs up in Big Rapids. Yeah. Um, they're having a good start to their season. We're playing them in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame game here in East Lansing. That should be pretty exciting. Uh, 7 p.m. puck drop, 12-14, 13 is the date of that. Um, But, yeah, I, I mean, before I even met you, Lou, and kind of was doing this hockey thing on my own, I was really looking at this schedule... In, in in search for where MSU was going to find wins, yeah. I I honestly said that MSU was going to win four games before the Great Lakes Invitational. But well, we've already got three. But so we far. already have three. So yes, they're they're almost to my projection.
1: I. Think, but you know, I could be
0: wrong. I could.
1: I think that uh, this western this western series western's three three and two right now this season. They had a really good year last year, but they kind of fell off a little bit, as mm-hmm. the record would indicate. But as as we've said a million times so far, Michigan State, Michigan Tech's record rather indicated that they would be an easy team, and that that did not pan out. So, uh, MSU they just got to change. They have to change their energy level. They do. And, uh, in the press conference on Tuesday, Anastas is. Weekly presser, he's he talked about that energy level I and mean, he was kind of at a loss for why they played that way. They he said they looked sluggish. He said the travel was good, like you mentioned earlier, but just slow legs, heavy legs. And sometimes that's an in, in it's an inexplicable thing sometimes. And he tried to fix it up with moving some energy guys up. I'll go over these roster changes again. In the first game they had Ryan Keller, the sophomore, playing on the first line with Wolf and Reimer. Now, Keller's a skilled guy, big guy, who can skate, but apparently he didn't like his play. He got moved down. uh, Apparently, Coach didn't like his play, so he got moved down. Keller did to the fourth line in Stenglin's spot, and Dean Chelios was moved up from the third line to play with Reimer and Wolf. So Dean Chelios, that's an energy guy. Yeah. I mean, he's he's not known for his skill set, although he has some he's not known for his skill set. So he was trying to find that energy, moving Stenglin up from the fourth line to the second line with McEachern and Ebbing and scratching Darnell. So I think he knows where his core is, and that would be Reimer, Wolf, Ebbing, McEachern.
0: I think those are your top four guys right now, night in, night out, that are playing the most consistent. It seems like
1: down the center and the right wing, if you look at these charts, Mm -hmm. Reimer, Wolf, on the first line, Ebbing, Darnell... Or, sorry, Ebbing, McKeckern on the second line. Uh, and then Farentino and Cox. Those are the, the only guys who really kind of seem safe. Farentino has played solid in the middle. I think he's, he's near the top in stats for this team. Yeah, no,
0: he honestly is is probably the biggest player that has surprised me this year really so far. Really
1: unheralded guy. And his faceoff percentage is ridiculous. It's around. incredible. 60%? Yeah, and he said in the offseason he's
0: been working on it. He's been getting a lot stronger with his skating along with in the faceoff dot, which is which is good because Michigan State is among the best in, in, in the league in faceoff percentage.
1: That's such a valuable facet of the game. It to is. To be able to start with the puck in the offensive zone, you get opportunities to score. And in the defensive zone, more importantly, I would argue, you don't let the team set up without having to execute a breakout. You can get it out of your zone. Yeah,
0: potentially an easier breakout. for
1: Absolutely. You start that breakout in your own zone quickly, and you don't let them set up. Now, you turn the puck over in their offensive zone, you have a chance to control their breakout. In your own zone, you lose a faceoff. You're already, I mean, it's you're it's already right to D zone coverage. Absolutely, and. and that's one thing that Michigan State has not been very good at. So those those faceoffs are really important. ferentino's done a good job of that, and Joe Cox has done a good job uh, putting the puck in the net. Yeah, so three,
0: three goals right now.
1: Yeah, let me pull it up, but I believe <laughs> yeah. so. I know he had a goal in the uh, the Boston game. He had a goal in the Boston game. And he had a goal in the 4-0 win over American International. Which was a
0: beautiful
1: play from that entire line. That was. I wish this was video. We could show you that. But, uh, and he also had a goal in the Michigan Tech Series. So let's see here. Joe Cox. Nope. Two goals, two assists, four points. Good for fourth on the team. Behind Wolf, Chelios, and Reimer. So uh, I Jake Chelios, six assists, you know. Six That's apples
0: as a defenseman. I mean, he we talked. I mean, I talked to him at media day. He mm-hmm. used to be a forward his entire life, Jake, and then he just took the transition to defense when he came to Michigan State. And last year, I honestly, I was on Jake Chalios's tail. I was. His brother was out with an injury, and I was watching him night in and night out, criticizing every single thing. I think a lot of players. Yeah, he did, and and I think a lot of They're people fans, do it rather. because of his last name, of Chelios, obviously. Absolutely.
1: They want him to come uh, out there and be a three-time Norris winner, but uh, that's not going to happen. It
0: it isn't. But what we've seen this year, he's obviously stepped up, you know, vocally in the locker room and on the ice. He hasn't scored a goal, but, you know, moving the puck up to his forwards to get scoring opportunities, it shows with a 6 Yeah, we were
1: talking about those breakouts just a second ago. Looks like Chelios here is the main guy. Six assists out of his own zone, and on the power play. So, that's really valuable to have a defenseman that can move the puck. You see it on teams in the NHL. Let's use that as an example. As soon as Detroit lost Lidstrom, they had trouble putting the puck in the net, and that's because of those transition plays. Ottawa, one of the best scoring teams right now. Capitals, Mike Green, Ottawa's got Carlson. You need those puck-moving D, or else you're not going to succeed. You're not going to be able to score. So it's good to see Charlieo stepping up in that way.
0: Yeah, and it's not only that, you know... He's moving the puck faster, and it, and it creates transition for those scoring opportunities. But it just proves that he, you know, he's a heads-up hockey player. Yeah. He's always got, you know, he's got great vision for the ice, and it, and it seems like he's not making mistakes, which is good, especially for him, you know, kind of taking a leadership role this season.
1: I but, think that was necessary. Yeah, uh, I remember we had on the Pact, listen to the Pact Mondays 7 p.m. here on 89 FM. Uh, we had. I believe it was two or three weeks ago we had on Brent Darnell. Unfortunately, yeah. a healthy scratch this last game. But Brent Darnell is a good player, and he's now a junior. And I asked him, you know, Wolf. Wolf's the only one that has a letter. He's the captain. And uh, asked said, he's really not looking forward to adding any other assistance. So he's happy with Wolf just being the solid captain. And I asked Darnell, you know, who's one of those guys in the locker room who kind of steps up he's a glue guy he can joke but he can keep it serious and get the guys going at the same time and he's without hesitation he said jake chelios so i think that chelios needs to keep being that leader uh, behind wolf there and keep contributing as you can see top of the score sheet your leaders don't always contribute but in this case they are wolf seven points chelios six points so these guys got to keep producing
0: yeah, and, and in order for them to be successful, um, the senior class, the upperclassmen really need to do, they really need to produce, like you said, Reimer's up there as well in the top of the scoring. You know, it's, it's nice to see that, like, these younger guys can look up and, and you know, kind of learn from, you know, the upperclassmen uh, and, on how this college hockey thing really works is that, you know, you you really got to work hard. You really can't take a day off and, you know, you got to get in those dirty areas and, Anastas said it that you know one of their things that they were trying to do this year was get more pucks to the net and mm-hmm. and we've seen that um, they've put a, their season average last year was twenty three or twenty five it was up around thirty right yeah and 31. now they're up around thirty despite this past weekend when they were shut down by Michigan Tech and that's a good sign you know just because you're
1: not scoring doesn't mean that you're not doing the right things when you do the right things it might not come around event or immediately rather but eventually it will, and that's what happens when you get pucks to the net and you stop on the net, and you've seen that, at least in the American International Series. McEachern with a gritty goal, Uh, good plays by Farentino, Cox, Chelios. I mean, there's a lot to like, but at the same time, we we still haven't seen what we want to see 100% yet.
0: Yeah, there's always stuff that you need to work on. Um, Obviously, um, there's no perfect player out there. Except for myself and beer leagues, <laughs> but looking at the rest of the schedule before the GLI, your prediction? How, how's how's the how's the rest of this schedule panning out before we head to Detroit?
1: If I were to predict game by game here, uh, I say we split the series with Western. I agree, agree. Uh, whether that's at home or on the road, the win comes. I would guess at home, but that's just an easy guess. It could come on the road. Who knows? Yeah. I'd say we split at Western. If we don't win two, I'd say it's more likely that we win both and lose both. Princeton.
0: We really don't know what Princeton's all no, about. No,
1: Princeton's kind of just sitting back in their own shell here. Let's come back to Princeton. All right. Uh, but then
0: Minnesota. up against
1: Minnesota, I mean, I I, I got to be smart and say that they're probably going to lose both of those games. Yeah. So And then Ferris State. I think that's going to be a battle. I think it will.
0: I mean, looking at the series last year, it was pretty even between both teams when mm-hmm. we traveled up there and when they came down here. I pretty much I, I agree with everything you have. I, I honestly don't think this team can match up to the skill level that Minnesota has. Uh, Michigan, Western Michigan, I I see that as a split as well. Princeton, you know, I'm just gonna... Princeton. I just pull up their stuff. All right, what um, do we got?
1: In exhibition. They won six to three against Ryerson and four to three against Ryerson. That's a that's a no name team that really doesn't mean it. it's like playing Western Ontario.
0: <laughs> but uh,
1: then they open up win three two against Dartmouth. Then they start in their uh their tough schedule, and this this is what I was saying earlier about the Ivy Leagues and Hockey East. There, this is a tough division. They lost three to two to number seven ranked Yale.
0: Okay, who won it all last year?
1: Yep. they lost f- two four to two. To fourteenth rank, Cornell, Yep. lost three to one to Colgate, who I am not familiar with.
0: They're a toothbrush brand,
1: toothpaste <laughs> brand. But apparently they play hockey too, and mm-hmm. they beat up on Princeton three one. Then number nine Yale, they lost again five to two. Then they played it against Brown, lost three to six, six three rather. And then number sixteen UMass Lowell, who MSU played, lost two to one. So
0: I think it's going to be a split. I think the best um, thing I think we can get that is that's
1: easy guess, and I think you're probably right. And but as you look at all these losses here, they've lost six in a row. Has Princeton only one you win on the year? But similar to Michigan Tech, their schedule has not been kind to them to start. So I don't think that you can judge it them so much on their schedule. I think that's going to be a wait and see series. So I would guess a split, simply because of the way that MSU has shown they can play and hopefully they bring that against Princeton because they put, a, they put up some decent scores. They did not get blown out in any of those games, yeah. and those are some really good teams. Yeah,
0: those are some tough teams. You, you mentioned Yale. That was a one-goal game, the first one they played. You said 3-2. to two. Mm-hmm. Yale won the entire thing last year. It kind of proves how good that team is. Yeah, yeah no, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I honestly think it's going to be a 1-2-3, three, three and 4 the rest of the way out. Um, I think it's it's good that this team is getting a bye this week, uh, like you said, you know you don't want to dwell on Michigan Tech, but you know learn from it and obviously these guys are gonna be working hard all week pushing forward, uh really figuring out lines, power plays, and penalty kills and uh hopefully this Michigan team Michigan State team can get the ball rolling, especially at home against western Michigan.
1: yeah, I think they gotta let that salt in their wound burn a little bit, let that burn, and then when you get back on the ice against western. Just charge out of the gate and stick it to them. That's what they got to think. And it's going to be at home that first game on Friday. So if they can have a strong showing at home and then head over to KZU the next day, I think that's, they'll have a lot going for them. If they came out of this weekend with two wins, this upcoming weekend, rather, against Western with two wins, 5-5, five and five, going to Princeton, that would be huge for this program. And I think they can do it.
0: Yeah, me I don't too. think
1: they will. If I had to guess, like I said, I'd say a split. But it is highly possible... Definitely then, possible. Yeah, and and
0: if they sweep that series, it only uh, builds momentum and confidence, obviously, for these players going into Princeton. Who, obviously, we said would you know their record doesn't show how good they are, but right, you know, in college hockey, momentum and home advantage is is everything, especially when you have the fans, the student section there behind you supporting you. But I mean, I'm glad we got this out of, got us got this off our chest because I I guessed four four wins before the GLI, and we're looking at. Six,
1: hopefully six, hopefully that six. Would be great,
0: yes. So, like me and Lou said, the next game that Michigan State will be playing is against Western Michigan on November twenty second, seven p.m. here in East Lansing at Mont Ice Arena. Then they will travel to Kalamazoo to play Western Michigan at home the twenty third. Puck set to drop seven o five p.m. Um, you know, we giving you a rundown about American International. How this team is moving forward from the Michigan Tech series, um learning a lot from that, especially with how bad that they played, you know we can only wish the best for this Michigan state hockey team, but you know we gotta we gotta tell you real we gotta we gotta give it to you real and in what we think about this team and moving forward, but I'm looking at uh what is it six six, and nine record will that be it yeah, a six and nine record. Before the Great Lakes Invitational, um, I'm hoping they prove us wrong. But you know, based off of what we've seen and how this team has played, that's what it seems it'll pan out to. Um, but
1: honestly, I, I don't think that this team should be that upset if they finish six and nine going in. They shouldn't.
0: They really shouldn't. This
1: Big Ten schedule because after the GLI, that's when they start Big Ten play. And that and is really going to get tough. There State, Penn State, Wisconsin. Penn State's a fresh hockey team.
0: And they the split year last year. And they split last year with Michigan State, despite being club. They split.
1: Yeah. So, I would hope that Michigan State can come out and get a couple wins there after that Ohio State series. But I think once you get into Big Ten play, it's going to be tough for these. It's going to be tough, but it, we, it hasn't been easy so far either. It's that East Coast swing, or I guess we didn't go in. We went to Amherst, but yeah. having those East Coast team hockey East is a tough conference. It, and it to is. Have the out of conference play be against such tough teams? I feel I really feel for the Spartan team, but they got to make the most of it.
0: And before we leave here on the first episode of Behind the Mask at eighty-eight point nine FM Impact Sports, talk a little bit about field hockey. I I don't know if you if you've kept up to date or have read anything, Lou, but. This Michigan State field hockey team just won the Big Ten championship this past weekend.
1: Yeah, and they're in the uh, NCAA tournament tonight. They face off against Miami of Ohio for the first time in a while. I don't know the exact number of years,
0: yep. but winning the actually Big Ten championship. <laughs> they actually played earlier this season, but they played Miami Ohio this earlier this yeah, season at and Amherst, and they lost. They actually got shut out two nothing. But the game was today at two p.m. and dominated the Miami Redhawks beat them 3 nothing, shut them out, and held these Red Hawks to zero shots in the first half, and that's impressive. 21-6 to, 21 to 6 were the total shots. They out-cornered them like 7-1 to in the first half. Uh, just a dominating be- performance by this Michigan State field hockey team. Uh, looking at their schedule in the regular season, they really didn't find consistency. It was win-loss, win-win, loss-loss. But now uh, they finished the regular season at Iowa, beat Iowa, entered the Big Ten tournament, swept the competition. 6-0
1: wo- opening game win against Indiana. That's yeah,
0: a huge. against Indiana. And if you look at it, they played Indiana, won 6 nothing. and the following game was Ohio State, correct? Mm-hmm. They won. In Columbus. Yes, and they won. 2-1. 2-1.
1: double overtime.
0: And double overtime. And then they played Iowa, and they won 3-2 in that game, won 3-0 today. Uh, This team is really starting. Yeah, and and this team is really starting to put the puck in the back of the net. uh, Puck, uh, the ball in the back of the net, shall we say? Don't want to confuse you on sports here. Um, But I don't know if anybody saw this. That Iowa game, it was two two. About I think five minutes, five or six minutes left to go in the second half. And, boy, was it a beauty of a play to get these Spartans up on top. A stretch pass down from the right side from Jenny Smith, I believe. Split three defenders. It was literally a a 15-yard pass on an angle to the slot to Adele Lever, who chips it to her backhand, so to speak, gets tripped up by the goalie, is falling down, ball two feet from the goal line, dives and chips it in for the game winner. And And that just happens... To Be the one that you know gives them the Big Ten championship. Um, obviously, congrats to that team, congrats to them winning today 3 nothing. It's huge, they're on a five game win streak. Uh, they're headed to play number two, Syracuse, this Saturday. That's going
1: to be a tough game, they're in tough for the rest of this round. Yeah, they are.
0: Um, getting into the, the NCAA tournament, it, it is going to be tough for these Spartans. But uh, Helen Knoll says, you know, they could do it, and yeah, uh,
1: uh, also on the pact once again mondays 7 p.m here on 89 fm uh we had last week uh forward for the msu field hockey team she had a call in and had a nice interview with us Allie ahern and she talked about just like every sports player will tell you i don't think anybody will tell you different that you got to take it one game at a time and apparently mm-hmm. they did this against miami with that three nothing win here at home now they got to go to syracuse they're ranked number two but, you know, it only takes one game. It's not who you play, it's when you play them. So hopefully MSU's riding in hot.
0: Exactly. And MSU, they actually lost to Syracuse earlier in the season, 4 nothing. But back to Allie Ahern, that girl is on fire right now. Two goals today in the game. Really? Um, yes, two great goals, actually, shall I say. The, the team today played. It's the pack. The pack did it. Yeah, you know, we do whatever we can to help players at MSU excel in their sport. At all costs. Absolutely. I mean, but Allie Ahern really had a great game today. I talked to her. Does this help your confidence? And she said, you know, her confidence has been you know, steady throughout the entire season, but what she's been trying to do is keeping the game simple. And she said when she keeps the game simple, that's when she seems to score goals. So it's nice that she's finally, well, she you know. She threw
1: six on net.
0: Yeah. Six shots on net gets two goals.
1: That's a lot. That's a lot for ice hockey. Yeah. Fourteen total shots. Yeah. For the team, she's got six of them. That's some impressive stuff. Yeah, and that's
0: on that 21 total, 14 actually, you know. And it's in 55 of 70 minutes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, this Michigan State Spartans field hockey team has been playing phenomenal. Um, the momentum is on their side going into New York. Syracuse is going to be a tough team to play. But, you know, they uh, it's either survive or go home in the terms of head coach Helen Knoll of that field hockey team That's what she described it as today but these girls say that you know today was a was a statement game and and, and it speaks volumes to other play, uh, to other teams in the tournament it's quite a statement it, three it is nothing. three nothing but you know it is going to be tough to travel to New York play Syracuse number 2 in the nation but you know different Wish time, them time the of year of luck, yeah. yeah different time of year different setting so, best of luck to the Lady Spartans this Saturday playing Syracuse at 11 a.m. in New York for the first show of Behind the Mask. I'm Dave DeFever alongside with Lou DiVizio. Great hair. Are are you doing No Shave November, Lou?
1: I'm doing Movember here. Movember. There's a little bit of a difference there. Uh, it's I just like it because I have a mustache. I like to say that it's a, for prostate cancer, but that's where the idea started. So I guess I jumped on that bag when I bandwagon. A lot of NHL guys are doing it. A lot of hockey guys. Uh, Got the mustache going, the muzzy, as they say. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep that going, and I encourage anyone who has the guts to grow a mustache themselves to keep it going for the rest of this November.
0: Yeah, and um, I'm trying... Kinda of look like Crosby right now. I, I see g- that. I can't really grow a beard, but you know, I like to look like a werewolf sometimes growing that neck beard out. Gotta keep warm during these November and December seasons. The Johnny and, Taves beard, as oh, I say. Oh yeah, you should see my chops. They they I'm I look like Jonathan Taves when it when these things start to grow out. But that's it for behind the mask. I'm David DeFever alongside Lou DeVizio. All your updates on D1 men's hockey, D1 women's hockey, and, of course, your women's field hockey team. Good night.